0: That opening music was a clue. It was a really big clue, and if you're, you know, anyone who's anyone will probably know by now who TB is. I have been teasing you guys about this TB guest, this guy named Tom, for two weeks now. We finally got to Sit down and do an interview, which just turned into a casual chat, which I love. This is this blonde can talk about anything with anyone, and my guest doesn't actually say his name, so I'm going to say it for you. It's Tom Bergeron, host of AFV, well, previously anyway, um, Hollywood Squares. Work with the famous, as he calls it. Um, he was a contestant on uh The Mass Singer.
1: She said, Hey, boss and older baby, keep on working because we ain't got time to drink. She said, Oh, boss and older baby, keep on
0: dancing because I got time to think. He's also an actor, but she didn't know that. And an Emmy winner. So I have an Emmy winner on my show. You might've been expecting a Super Bowl champion. I can't get you that this week, but that doesn't mean that I can never get you that. But I welcome you to the show and I welcome my amazing, terrific, wonderful guest, Tom Bergeron.
2: So since you're a surprise guest, why don't you introduce yourself to my audience?
1: (laughs) Hi, uh, I'm, I'm not Tom Brady.
2: (laughs) but you're just as great as Tom Brady and one of my favorite people. So the reason that I I wanted to connect with you in the first place, as you know, is because I was super touched last year during COVID when, um, when everything hit and you took it upon yourself to just kind of like go at it for the little guy. Now for context, a lot of people think that if you are an actor or you work in Hollywood, you're rich and you're famous, but that's not true. Sometimes, um, you know, it's the, like the, the grips and the lighting people and stuff. They don't make as much money as people right. think. Right. So what you did was super, super important. So I asked you already last week when we had technical difficulties, but when did you know and why did you go like so aggressively?
1: Well, what I did was uh, do about, I think, a little over 800 cameo videos to raise money for the sag a COVID-19 fund. And it was pretty obvious right at the start when all the productions shut down that a lot of people who could not afford to be out of work were going to be out of work. And as you suggest, Mel, you know, the, the above the title, top of the line, people who get all the press in front of the camera tend to do okay. But uh, they're the tip of the iceberg, really, of the entertainment iceberg, if we can use mm-hmm. that metaphor. And uh, the vast majority of people Uh, are living, if not paycheck to paycheck, certainly in more dire circumstances than somebody who has, you know, months or years of savings that they can just coast by on. So I did these cameo videos, which was fun for me because I would just do what I'm doing now, sitting in my backyard, yapping into my iPad and uh, managed to raise, I think it was over 60,000 that went to people who, who weren't working.
2: So for people who don't know, can you just elaborate? I know what it is, but can you elaborate on what SAG-AFTRA is? Because some people think it's just the Actors Union.
1: No, it's the, uh, they merged actually. SAG is the Screen Actors Guild. And AFTRA is the American Federation of Television and Radio Artists. artists, And those two unions merged some years ago. So it's a pretty broad tent uh, covering Mm -hmm. everybody from uh you know your 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 top name actors to your local and regional broadcasters in the states
2: and it really does take like especially for a show like just like any show really takes like hundreds of people just to bring together like that magic to it Uh, and i've been i've been privileged to work on sets and be on sets And I'm not like you know top of the line, but I've I've been I've had to you know be that person who if you want water you put your hand up, and I always Mm -hmm. feel bad for that person because I'm like no you're just as valuable as me, and so I know at least one person during your cameo time uh, asked you to impersonate Marlon Brando, and I'm not saying
1: (laughs) who could that have been?
2: It was me. (laughs) But Marlon Brando once said that. If an actor wins an award for a movie, the whole movie should win because the actor only looks good because of all those people that are like swarming around with cameras that you don't see. And so I think that you really went to bat for those guys. And it, I already loved you. And it just made me love you that much love more. You. And you know, you Thank know you. that I love you because when I met you, I was too stupid to say anything other than oh, it's you. And who does that? <laughs> like, honestly, who does that? And
1: you know what By the worst way, I, part is? I, I, I thought of it. I thought of it as an affirmation. You were affirming that I was in fact myself. You, yeah, yeah, well, yeah.
2: It was. I was excited to, to be there because um, I had known a few of the dancers. Like I knew Peta for a super mm-hmm. long time. She's super sweet. I love her. Yeah. But I had known longer than Peta. Mark and I. I never got okay. to see Mark dance, and I love Mark so much. And when he was on the show with my friend Chelsea, I so wanted to be there and I just could never make it to a show. And then when yeah. I did go, it was Tommy Chong who brought me. And I was so mad because it was the season that Nick Carter was on. And we did it, we went the night before the finale. And I was like, why couldn't you get me tickets to see Nick Carter? I was going to marry Nick Carter. Like, you don't oh, understand. Really? Well, when I was a little girl, you know, not now, obviously, I uh, moved on. You've been creeping my stories. You know, I moved on to Ben Affleck. <laughs>
1: Uh, yeah. <laughs> yes. Quite obsessively, I might uh, add. Uh, yeah.
2: You know what? Honestly, I just do it because so many people follow me, and I just want to make people laugh, and it works. So I mean, I, we talked about this last time about your 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 birthday having gone by. So happy birthday for the third time! Thank you,
1: I thank still you. Still don't much.
2: know how you look so good. Like I just have you had any Botox? never
1: no no never I mean for a so, for a man for a man in his late 80s you don't you, you, think you don't look, look good, like
2: huh? you're in your 80s you look like you're uh, I think you look like you're in your like 40s honestly
1: thank you like uh, late yeah, 40s just turned, just turned 66 uh on, 66. on May 6th but no no Botox wow. uh just you know I'm a bit of a gym rat I just came from the gym as a matter of fact wow. just had a training session um mm-hmm. I like to hike uh, you probably seen yes. of my hiking photos. That, that I was one
2: of the questions I had for you because I've, I've hiked in LA, uh, you know, I've hiked Runyon Canyon like uh, one or 200 times. Yeah. Do you have any recommendations on other places that I should go hiking that I would like the views yeah. and stuff? Well, there's
1: so many, there's a wonderful app that my trainer and I use called all trails and it, you can punch in a, uh, an area code, a, a zip code, and you'll get all the, uh trails in an area. Nice. And uh, and then you know, users post comments, etc. Uh, we tend to like going north a bit to Santa Barbara and Ojai. Mm-hmm. Uh and, and there are lovely trails up there. There's a hot springs trail in Santa Barbara where there's uh three-tiered hot springs and the, oh, the water nice. temperature, it's like 104 degrees. The only downside is in a hot springs, there's a you know a lot of that sulfur smell, so you do smell a bit like a fart for the rest <laughs> of the day.
2: Um, have you ever hiked in Death Valley or wanted to? I, no, I I want no. to. No. And all my friends are like, "Are you nuts?" Because I, I don't know. Um, I, I'm I kinda, with I, I'm with them. Well, I heard that in Death Valley, it's so hot that like there's no wind and like nothing really moves. So I thought about taking my uh, grandfather's ashes and scattering them so that I could always go back and visit because I don't want to bury him so what he wanted. Mm. But then uh, people are like, you're going to go there and after like you're an asthmatic, after like five seconds, you're going to be like, I'm done. I'm dead. I lost a bunch of weight before the the pandemic. I lost like 50 pounds. And Mm. then I I think I've gained at least like 10 or 15 since the Super Bowl, just from sitting on the couch because we (laughs) are not, we're not a lockdown. We're still stuck inside.
1: Really? And where are you? You're in Canada, uh, t- right?
2: I'm in Toronto, yeah.
1: In Toronto and Toronto's still in lockdown?
2: Still in lockdown. We had the most cases coming through, coming through. It started to slowly, slow, slowly um wow. come down. The problem is they did vaccinating the same way, similar as in the US, where you had to be like over 60, over this, over this, but they're just now getting to like 30. So it I it, had lunch it did it.
1: I had yeah, I had lunch a few, uh, now it's probably a month and a half ago or maybe a little longer with Yannick Besson, who is the star of Murdoch Mysteries, which is set in Toronto uh, at the turn show. of the last century. Yeah. And he was he was here and we, we had lunch in Calabasas. And, and uh, I was just talking with him about what it was like to produce the show during COVID, because I think they were the first production in Toronto to, to go before mm-hmm. the cameras with all the COVID protocols last year, and he directed the first two episodes. They did a really good job. I mean, they, they did a lot of masking, you know, in terms of yeah. crowd sounds and carefully positioning people, but I think they pulled it off pretty well.
2: I don't know how much TV you watched during the pandemic. Did you happen to watch uh, the starring Brian Cranston, Your Honor? No, no. It was a great show, and they started it right, at the, right when the pandemic hit. So he was talking about how they were like, they didn't know what to do. And they were masking and unmasking, masking and unmasking that the show turned out good. He got nominated for, I think it was a golden globe for it. So they did a pretty good job, but yeah, it was, it was a terrible, terrible thing um,
0: for for this whole
2: industry. Um, So I I have some questions that I put. Um, So for, for, um, yeah, are you still doing cameos, by the way, just for people who might want them for your, for their uh, birthday or yeah, something? Yeah,
1: and this year, sure. This year, I'm doing them to benefit the Motion Picture Television Fund, uh, which is uh, an organization that is celebrating its 100th anniversary that was started 100 years ago by Mary Pickford, Charlie Chaplin, and, and Douglas Fairbanks. Fairbanks, and, uh, yeah. So I've been doing a lot of uh, volunteer work for them over the years, and where last year I did cameos to benefit the SAG After COVID Fund, this year I'm doing them to benefit uh, MPTF.
2: Are there any opportunities for anybody who wants to volunteer that aren't famous who might just want to like help, like spread the word and stuff? I mean, I'm not yeah, just talking yeah. about me. But
1: yeah, yeah, um, you can. You, you mean the Motion Picture Television yeah. Fund? Go on their web. Go on their website. Uh, I think it's mptf.org, and okay. uh, and just check it out if that's something that i uh my first ever celebrity interview when i was 16 years old mel was uh with larry fine of the three stooges <laughs> who was a resident recovering from a stroke at the motion picture television fund which is not far from wow. where i am right now and i was in my childhood home in haverhill massachusetts with the little cassette tape recorder and uh and cold called los angeles and eventually got to larry fine who then gave me mo howard's home phone number
2: Oh wow. which
1: was pretty cool yeah
2: i was actually yeah. going to mention that a lot of people don't know you started your career in radio
1: yeah or in, yeah. in boston uh in north of boston, boston my hometown. area yeah yeah that's right when i was 17
2: <laughs> 17. I like to say that my career started when I was I don't know like two because I was like a method actress by the time I was two like (laughs) my grandpa had shown me that damn Wizard of Oz and I would wear the the red shoes and the dress but the thing is is he would go that extra mile and play all those other characters Yeah. and like we had a real oil can and it was very serious but it was so serious that when I went to school they called my mom I said your daughter's not here my mom said, what do you mean my daughter's? So, oh, you have to call my daughter by her name. Her name is Dorothy. And they're like, oh my oh.
1: God,
2: it was that bad.
1: Now, is this the Oops. whose ashes you want to spread in Death Valley? Yeah. Now, let me ask you, would he want to be in Death Valley?
2: I don't know. He he wanted to be scattered, I think, at sea. And I'm, oh, I think, so you're going I'm to Death so Valley. So- I'm so scared of of letting him go because, but it's like he's not gonna be there. Because I know at some point I'm gonna break into this business because I love it so much that I'm not gonna quit until somebody's like, "Oh, there, I see it." And I've already been; it's already happened on the what I thought was the worst day of my life when I was about to call my agent and say I quit. Quentin Tarantino pulled over his car. That doesn't happen anymore, and so yeah. I knew that day that this was like. Some divine intervention, saying like you got to right, keep but, going. But
1: but let's go back to your, your to my grandpa. If if he wanted to be uh, scattered at sea, let me tell you the worst possible alternative. <laughs> Put him is in Death, Death, Valley. Death
2: Valley. You're right. I probably will scatter him. My mom thinks I should let them go together. My grandma, and yeah. my grandpa. Oh,
1: all right, okay.
2: Because all this right. is this is I this is a me story, but my grandparents died many, many years ago, not long after you did, uh, came on Hollywood Squares. Oh,
1: no, Hollywood. Oh, yeah, it yeah, was cool. Hollywood
2: Squares. Back and, in the 90s. and we, my mom and I got, my my grandpa and my grandma went with my uncle and we didn't talked to my uncle for all these years. And then this January, his they, he got a divorce and his ex-wife messaged my mom and was like, do you want your mother? And my mom was like, well, I don't really want her to be in the garbage. And so after... All those years, they got back, they came back together. And like, I used to think they hated each other because they slept in separate beds and like all these different things. And then like one of my friends who's who's an actor was like, doesn't that show you like how my how, how powerful love is? Like after so many years, these two people find each other again in another way. So that's what my mom's like, you should let them go together because they're stronger and better together. So I have a question for you. This is an yep. old question. This is from my producer, Simon. If I don't ask him, he's going to shoot me. Um, he, he asked me to ask you how you handle fan interaction, but I already knew that answer, so I, I answered it for you. And he's like, well, can you tell him that in 1997, he was hosting Fox After Breakfast with... Um, he told me the names. I can't remember them. They just escaped me. Like I wrote them down. Uh, Reginald Bell Johnson was the, the, uh, guest and Robin Givens was guest hosting and yeah, he waited yeah. outside all day for you to sign something for him. He collects autographs. Mm-hmm. And he said he waited out there all day and, and they told him to go away because you took all day to come out of the building. <laughs> Is that true?
1: I have no idea. I mean, I wouldn't know <laughs> if somebody. How would I know if somebody was waiting outside the building all day? It's I mean, true. Uh, yeah, I guess I.
2: Maybe maybe he'll yeah. send you like a an eight by ten, and you can sign it so he sure. can get over sure. his. Sure, like, happy to. Stress.
1: <laughs> yeah, so he it's just. Been, he just. <laughs> I have this image of somebody who's waiting, or I. You know, I. <laughs> typically, I'm trying to think. We did Fox after breakfast. What was it like nine o'clock Eastern?
2: I don't. So I wasn't I old was, enough for it
1: um yeah so it was an hour show i would typically go to the gym after uh, there'd be production meetings i'd usually be (laughs) heading home around two or three he he couldn't have been waiting that long he said it was all day uh, (laughs) well i'll get my violin out
2: it's not uncommon for him because um, he, I met him at a film festival. I go, but I don't really wait there all day for people. Like I'll just go walk around and sometimes I meet sure. people and occasionally when, when I do, it tends to be someone that ends up like um, staying in touch. And it's one of those people who's just popping into mind, because I was just going to mention, um, told you how much I had this like affinity for the, the, the walk of fame and you inducted uh, the AFV creator Vindy Bona in there.
1: Vindy Bona yeah that's
0: right. Yeah
2: I said that wrong I apologize Um, and and I saw him at at the ceremony for Mandy Patinkin and then I met Mandy Patinkin at a film festival and then this year because it was COVID Mandy Patinkin sang me happy birthday and I was like what? but yeah. Um, Very cool. When is it time for you to be on that Walk of Fame?
1: You know to be honest with you that (laughs) is so outside my realm of stuff I give a damn about
0: Well, yeah. I mean, it
1: really is yeah I don't care uh, you know it, it, that's not the kind of stuff that motivates me or that that gives me any uh satisfaction um so I I I don't know uh, and plus know. it's a very political thing people I know
2: to I know I cash I, I don't want I, uh, I don't want
1: people raising money to to put my name on some
2: I sponsored someone birds
1: are gonna poop on you know, I sponsored
2: was, someone like two years ago. You probably never guess who it is.
1: An Affleck.
2: <laughs> no, it was Thomas Gibson from oh. Dharma Gregg Greg and Criminal Minds. I had like this right. crazy crush on him. And my mom was like, he's older than your dad. Stop. <laughs> but I think get, he's a great actor.
1: Get, yeah, didn't he get fired from Criminal Minds? Yes, he did. But this was free. Being pre, a bit of a prick?
2: It was yeah. before that. Yeah. yeah. And I don't. I don't that's none of my business, but I'd like to see your name there, because for me, like I go there and it hurts my feelings sometimes. And you're probably familiar with Ray Bolger. People will walk by and go, who the is this? And I'm like, oh, my heart, because I I just thought about it. I should have asked you to sing uh, Luck Be a Lady in the style of Marlon Brando while doing a dance like Ray Bolger, because I so loved that those olden The way they just, I just love those old actors. That's really where it comes from for me. And people walk by and they don't know who he is. And he said it while he was living that he was content with people just knowing him as the the scarecrow from Oz. And I think that that's a beautiful legacy. But when I see his name there, it kind of makes me happy because I know who that is. And it's like, I was here. No matter what, no matter what, nobody can take away that he was here. He existed on this earth. But it's not yeah. the most important thing. I mean, John Goodman just got one, which is ridiculous because John Goodman gets snubbed every year for an Emmy. And he's never been nominated for an Oscar. And I think that's bullshit. But that's just me. So you have a new show coming out. And you said you said that you've been teasing that it's like a, a show that's like in the same sort of vein as something that you've done previously, but nothing that you've done previously. So. Right. If you had to, like, give me a, a clue, which you probably won't, is it more like AFV or is it more game show style or is it like Dancing with the Stars kind of thing?
1: Yes.
0: Which one? <laughs> Are you doing the masked dancer? No. No, darn it. I actually
2: really loved you on that, on the mask thing. I couldn't figure out that it was you, but I kept saying, he's got a good Good. voice. I like his voice. I really liked when you did Bossa Nova. I thought that's the best version of it I've ever heard. And when you unmasked, when you unmasked, even my mom was like, oh, like nobody, we didn't think it was you at all. Neither did
1: any of the judges, uh, three of whom I I knew fairly well. Uh, Robin had been a performer on a few result shows. Nicole had won. Uh, one season. And Jenny, uh, I've known for years. She even wrote a blurb for the book I had uh, some years ago. Um, I'm hosting as fast as I can. That's right. So it was fun to fool them (laughs) particularly. Yeah.
2: I I also read I'm hosting as fast as I can because uh, somebody rented it, uh, borrowed it from the library, threw it on my lawn. So I guess they must have (laughs) thought it wasn't very well read. And I still have it. I kept it. I kept nice. it. I think it's a. And I was going to ask you: Do you plan on writing another book? Do you have advice, maybe, for some like new coming people who want to do what
0: you do?
1: Not really. I mean, that was a that was a, a sort of an anecdotal book about meditation, really. That I know the then that use career stories to kind of yeah. lure you along, but it it was really about. Uh, my intent really was to get you interested in the process of meditation Meditation. and what that can do to help you stay present in your life. So it doesn't, you know, flip flip by and you haven't really paid attention to it. Um, So that was, but but as far as any advice, I mean, it, for me, it was just um, having an idea what I wanted the book to be about really a, a covert book about meditation and then just doing it i mean there's no magic to it you just sit down and start typing and i had a good editor who who helped uh helped me kind of sculpt it in certain ways um but yeah it's you know you just gotta get your ass in the seat and
2: it sounds like you're talking to me because i've been talking about for like two three years now that i want to write this script about my about my grandpa because he was just so like who goes to I told you who goes to daycare with the granddaughter and I just think that this movie needs to be made for people to see the value of a of a grandparent because I have so many friends who are like oh fuck I gotta go see my grandma this weekend and I'm like if only you knew like how little time you have so I really want to write the movie and everybody's like just write it and then I sit down at the computer and I don't know what to write because I'm like what do people want do they care is it this is it that
1: all right uh, the, all right, yeah. you know, given my first piece of advice, then, given what you just oh. said, is get all that out of your mind. Just write what okay. you want to see. It's it's the story that you want to see that you should be writing. Because right. if you start second guessing yourself and trying to anticipate what somebody else whom you've never met is going to want or respond to, you'll just keep freezing up. Uh, You're right. Just You're right. Tell, the, yeah, tell the story from your head and your heart that you think is the story to tell and uh that's usually the best way to go it doesn't guarantee that it'll ever get made but at least it'll be truer to what your intent was
2: i have a, a pretty good shot of getting it made just because of a few people that i know want to help me make it and they're uh, like marlon brando adjacent
1: all the more reason for you to just
2: start love your. Then they just loved your Brando they loved it and that's what Nick <laughs> keeps telling me just write it you're not yeah. uh, you're not Aaron Sorkin you can't just write it you have to write your 10,000 pages and I'm like okay yeah. Nick thank yeah. you thank yeah. you so much so back in the day when you used to uh, do Hollywood Squares my mom would watch that and I was like, really little and I didn't like it because what little kid wants to watch that and my dad's mother lived in the basement so sometimes <laughs> Sometimes if my mom was watching something that I didn't like, I'd dip down there to go watch something. But she'd be watching it too. (laughs) Just like I couldn't escape it. And my mom always makes jokes about how she wishes she had submitted some of the things that I did, for like AFV and then I was thinking the other day she should have like recorded me when I was throwing one of my little tantrums that I didn't want to watch Hollywood Squares and I'm like you probably could have won the ten thousand dollars like your child is screaming because she doesn't want to watch Tom Bergeron hosting Hollywood Squares like why didn't you just do that and then I was like oh he might have been so offended but you don't seem like you get offended (laughs)
1: Well, not about stuff like that. I, I, well, I was a kid, speaking so. <laughs> speaking about grandparents, so I, my, my oh. late uh, paternal grandmother, I would sometimes be on the phone talking to her, and, uh, and she would say, I have to hang up now. I said, why? Well, Hollywood Squares is coming on. I have oh. to watch you. I said, I said, but you're talking to me right now. What? She goes, no, I have to watch you. So I'd get hung up on by my oh. grandmother so she could, she could watch the show.
2: How old were you when when she passed?
1: How old was I? Well, um, yeah, because
2: Hollywood scores. You must have been forty.
1: I was, yeah, forty. So when did I don't probably in my forties. I don't. I don't think she lived to see um, the dancing show. So it would have been before. Yeah, I would have been in my forties. I think.
2: You're lucky to have had her for so long. That's. I didn't have mine. Yeah. Mine died three months apart. Like my grandpa's birthday was the first of January. He died the 30th. And then her birthday, May 15th, and then she died the 21st. It, that's all, how it my all parents so fast. Yeah,
1: that's how my parents I remember
2: died. when yeah. you lost you your know, dad within, on within four on, months. When mm. your dad passed, it was you were on Dancing with the Stars and you had actually left. And I was heartbroken because I don't know. I I, I feel like this may sound really weird to you, but for me, like once, even when somebody like uh, Sean Connery dies, I feel that death because I feel like because I've chosen that I want to do this with my life. They've given so much to this industry and given me so much to look at and to aspire to be that when they die, I feel like I lost part of my family. So when I saw you going through that, it was like I wish I could go through the TV and just give him like a really big hug because oh, that's you, Thank you. you really are so. Like, down to earth and kind. And I see it in the way you you treated the contestants. I'm like, especially Marie Osmond, when I thought she was dead. I was like, if I would have been you, I would have been screaming. Screaming.
1: Well, you know, the advantage I had that people give me too much credit for is uh, that, unlike in real life, when something catastrophic happens, I was able to throw to a commercial.
0: Yeah, you know, i so we'll, right, we'll be
1: right back after we see if she's dead or alive. Um, <laughs> so <laughs> I didn't do it that way, but no, uh, yeah, we just threw to a commercial and we're able to assess things and then come back and kind of uh, allay people's concern. But yeah, that's an advantage you have on live television. You know, you can always go, go to a commercial. Wouldn't that be and great? That if season, in season,
0: that season you that Nicole one, you're having a I wish.
1: time, and you could just throw to a
2: commercial. <laughs> yeah. That season that Nicole won, I dislocated my kneecap during that season. So I really hated watching the whole thing. And I was also really friggin' mad because I'm Canadian and it was the same season that Pamela Anderson competed on the show. And if you yeah. see what I look like on a normal day, it's like I'm probably more Pamela Anderson than anything else. And I wanted her to win it, but she wasn't the best question. So I just have, like, I'm not going to ask you too many more questions because you've given me so well, much I got, of your time. I just
1: want to give, give you a five-minute warning so there you go. any that's questions perfect. you have, you get into this <laughs> next five minutes.
2: My question that I have is, Tom. is Tom Berger, is there a, 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 a version of you that's just a character? I know that sounds like know, a stupid question.
1: Well, okay. I'm not clear. I don't know that I understand the question.
2: Okay. I am a character. What you see right now, this is character. What people see when I go out, that's character. Are you a character when you're on TV, or are you always the same person?
1: I yeah, I'm, I'm pretty much always the same person. I'm I'm a I'm cool. a heightened version of myself, right. yeah. obviously, because I'm in a I'm in a performance space, and and there are certain um, requirements of a format, a show, of uh, yeah. an entertainment. But in terms of personality. Yeah, I think I'm pretty much um, pretty much the same. It's a lot less baggage to carry around uh, to be yourself. I have an actor friend, Jonathan Frakes uh, from Star Trek, who uh, who said, you got the easiest gig. You just show up. You're you
2: yourself.
1: Yeah, pretty much.
2: But I think even I'm, I'm myself all the time, but it's like when I'm around somebody, like I'll just turn on like, Hey, like, how are you? Like that happened when I met Lucas Hedges, I just really turned on and like, not like that, but I just, and the worst part is, is he's like really like calm. And I was like, <gasps> Hi, like he. I just think he's so great, you know. And you want to tell somebody, I'm like, I think you're the next Marlon Brando, and he's like, No, no, that's that's too much. It's so sweet, and I'm like, No, I think you are, and I really think that he potentially could be, but if not, if they keep giving the gigs to Timothy Chalamet, he's great too. So, <laughs> um, I, I thank you so much for doing this because you really didn't have to. Oh, of
0: course.
1: And if
2: you want to send your friend Henry over here to Tara uh, and Mr. Shatner to talk about the things that I, the violations that I did to him, you're welcome to do that because I love all of them. And anybody was, who's over fifty. are this, awesome.
1: That was a very funny picture you sent of the, <laughs> the wax, the wax museum version of Bill. That was did that you was laugh?
2: I was like, you don't know how he's going to feel. My mom was like, you're just going to leave it like that. And I was like, no, no, I'm going to, I'm going to pull his pants back up. I'm not going to leave it like that. But, and then I did it again in LA, but I left the pants on. I was just touching it to see if it was different, but just to see, I didn't know. And then why does it have to be him? You know, why does that be William? And the closest I've ever actually been to William Shatner was I my, took my friend's kid to Comic-Con and my friend's kid's um, full disclosure, you probably heard about it. The crack smoking mayor of Toronto rob ford oh
0: yeah oh yeah yeah,
2: i took his kids to comic-con and i saw william shatner but i had to look at him from like up distance because they were going up to other celebrities and say do you know my dad he's the crack mayor and i was like not in front of him no you're not gonna do that now you're not gonna embarrass me and i didn't have a wig on that day so they would have been like that's that girl so um thank you for your time and for and when you when your when does your show start
1: the new show uh, I can't say
2: you can't say you can't tell me anything when the show comes on maybe I'll invite you back and we can talk about it Wonderful. if you're open to it
1: it's a, it's absolutely I can be much Aww. less secretive then
2: but, yeah I'd love to talk to you again I think you're fantastic and I just thanks Mel I, I'm gonna have to we're gonna have to get Simon a signed photo because he might kill himself I don't know he's getting old yeah, he's okay like 50 we got something <laughs>
1: He can't we can't have that. He's, is he still out there waiting by the door?
2: Maybe he might be. No, he's probably he's somewhere in Toronto waiting for someone else because he, he he loves to do it. He's a collect. He has a Ray Bolger and he's like, I'll trade you a Ray Bolger for your Tom Brady. And I was like, I'm not. No, nobody's touching that. Tom Brady's certified. That thing is worth three thousand dollars. I didn't pay for it because he gave it to me for being such a good fan. so yeah Um, when i support something i when i support it i support it hard and i love it i love it hard and uh that's tom brady and that's also tom bergeron i got a thing for tom thank you
1: thank Thank you 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 take care of yourself we'll see you have a great day
0: see you soon bye Bye bye-bye thank you so much to everyone who's tuned into this episode my name is melanie with two l's you can hit me up on twitter at a blonde who talks like always i'll spell it a b l o n d e W-H-O-T-A-L-K-S. Let me know who you want me to talk to and I'll see if I can make that happen and uh, um, let me know what you want to hear me talk about. Thank you for the phone.
1: Join us next time. Good night, everybody.